Yes, bro. How you doing, man? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah no problem. How's it going? The trim. Didn't get time. Didn't get time? No, bro. I woke up late today, so I was like, oh, What time did you wake up? Like no. an hour ago. <laughs> I, well, it was about it was about half two-ish, something like that. I had to get some food, and I was like, it normally takes me about an hour and a half to cut my hair, so... I was like, I don't yeah, want yeah. running time and coming up with a dead fade or anything, so I thought I'd come up with a dead trip entirely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How you been anyway during quarantine, bro? How you been keeping yourself busy? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I'm literally constantly on my laptop. Um, I've just been organising music, getting everything structured, putting everything yeah. in the right places so it's there for when I put my hands on it. Um, and just trying to stay creative, really. Um, making videos every now and then. Just trying to put out good content, really. Um, stuff that's a representation of what I do and what I believe in. So, yeah, what about yourself? What have you been up to? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Like, as as you know, I've been doing these for, what, six, this is week six now. So just mm-hmm. interviewing DJs, artists, whoever, in any industry, just getting to know them, getting to know their path and everything like that. So it's just been good, yeah. man. Just keeping yeah, myself busy. Have it's you been to... finding this uh, quarantine difficult or challenging or have you kind of enjoyed it? Not really, to be fair. It's been a nice break. Um, obviously, DJ gets quite intense sometimes, and obviously, when I do mobs, yeah. I'm DJing like eleven sets a week. So, some sometimes it's like twice a day. Um, yeah. Short breaks in between sets, just to get food and have a little nap and rest. So, when I came back from mobs, it was like I was exhausted this year, uh, last year, September, October time. Um, and then I carried on, kept working through like doing weekend gigs and picking up bits here and there but it's been nice to really just stop and chill and take your foot off the gas a little bit but focus on work behind the scenes instead of constantly on the forefront definitely i see Jamsky so, joined yeah Jamsky. Well. big up jordan as well big up jordan inside but yeah so we're gonna get into discussion interviews so <clears throat> big up everyone who's inside at the moment but yeah how did dj start for you how did it start um it's more it's more of a question of when music started for me um okay i was 13 and i downloaded a copy of well basically before i get into that i want I, do you remember the old nokia 3310 yeah. phones yeah. yeah the old the, the reliable <coughs> robust yeah, little yeah, device yeah. <laughs> um old school guess, old school phone. yeah do you remember you used to be able to make your own ringtones on there yeah so i become obsessed with the idea of making my own ringtones and stuff and i wanted to okay. have my own yeah the brick. my own one <laughs> um for some mad reason um and i thought yeah i want to get into doing that and i was enjoying doing that and then i found um i found a plugin um on the internet and i downloaded it and it just enabled me to make drums yeah uh, i can't remember what the plugin was called at the time but then I, I didn't know anything about music production software or anything. And then I heard of this thing called Fruity Loops. Okay. And I was like, wow, that's, that's just what I want. I want to I start making music. So I started messing about with it at school and that. And the beats were dead. Um, didn't have a clue what I was doing. But I was trying and I was learning and I learned about timing and signature and stuff like that. And then I didn't get into DJing until I was about 16. Um, my dad's a doorman and he got me a job glass collecting at a nightclub walked in um and the first thing that caught my attention was the dj dropped a tune i think it was like blue control breathe now we're talking like 2009 yeah 
So it was, it was a relatively big tune back then. Um, and the whole crowd screamed. And I didn't expect it. Like, I just, I was like, wow. I just got this feeling come over me. I was like, this is unreal. Yeah. Um, and every time he dropped a banger, they were reacting. And I was like, this is like, who, like, what, what's going on? How, like, I was obsessed with learning. Um, and then that was it. Like, 17, I, I'd, bought, I'd saved up my money, bought some decks. And I just got an opportunity to cover the DJ at the club because he was ill. Um, and they gave me a Saturday night. And that was it. I just started started rolling and trying my best to keep in. Um, I did some work. Do you remember Gatecrusher in Birmingham? Uh, no, no. I didn't really go Birmingham much, so... Yeah, yeah well, but, but Gatecrusher in Birmingham was, was quite a legendary place at the time. It's prison now. Yeah. Um, but I used to work for the lighting technicians there, and we used to like operate all the, the lighting, the CO2 and stuff like that. Um, so I got to work with a, a lot of artists and learn from them by being in the DJ box and seeing how they interact with the crowd, what they do, the way they mix <clears throat> selection and what works, what doesn't. Um, and then eventually I took a leap of faith on, on a gig when I was 19. And I haven't looked back since really. I just had to hustle and just work my way up. So, so you've just been busy ever since basically? Yeah. I mean, it swings and roundabouts really. Like this yeah. game's never, it's never guaranteed. You know, yeah, like it's not, it's not a safe job by a long shot, but there's something about not knowing what's coming next that I enjoy. Um, just not, not being sure what booking could come through next. You know, a promoter hits you up and it's, it could be a local booking or an international, mm. it could be, and your whole plan just changes then. So, so who I'm in the uh, DJ industry do you kind of look up to? Has it kind of changed since you were growing up or is it kind of stayed the same? Um... When I started out, Scotty B was the man. Shout out Scotty B. Um, he's, he's, he was the man back in the day. And the fact that he yeah. was doing everything on CDs as well. He's like, he's like the R&B, hip-hop, dancehall answer to EZ, in my yeah. opinion. And I love EZ as well. Um, I'm obsessed with technical DJs. Like um, DJ Craze, the turntablist. Yeah. Big fan of him. Um, I've always followed his stuff. I like DJs who, who really push the boundaries and try and do something. Um, people who, who've got, who can bring energy to the club and give people what they need, but at the same time, a bit of flair and a bit of spark. That's like, for me, that's, that's DJing, you know? It's an art form, so it's, it's however you interpret <clears> it. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say Scotty B, EZ, Craze, um, they were like staples for me because yeah. each one, EZ showed me the technical side, Scotty B showed me the technical side in a field of music that I enjoyed listening to. Because um, I, I, I like garage and stuff, but it's not really my forte. Um, but then Craze came through and just showed me that you can do anything with everything um, and really open the doors then. Um, but there's also someone I look up to, um, and he's my best mate, Kiko. Mm -hmm. uh, he he's actually there. He's just wrote a message yep. in there. Um, and he's also mentioned DJ Angelo as well. But Kiko, Kiko is one of one of the guys that I, I turn around and if I've got anything I need to talk about, anything that I, any um, misconceptions in my mind, he'll help straighten them out and he'll say, yeah, we'll try this, try that. Because creativity, a lot of it comes from collaboration and, and yeah. sharing ideas. So, yeah, big up Kiko as well. And so what makes, a Kieran, what makes a Kieran J set unique? Hmm. Um... With, with my sets, 
I try to I try to put energy across uh, yeah. at the forefront, and the, the dance floor is my main um, part of my set. Like I have to make sure that dance floor is full. Then once I've got that dance floor, I'm going to show you what I'm about. I'm going to put in uh, surprise factors. I'm going to do something, and you think it's going one way, and then it goes the other way. Um, I try I try to make routines, but I don't stick to those routines. I try and mm -hmm. remix routines so that you, it keeps it fresh and keeps it moving. Um, so I see you're good with your wordplay as well. So like you do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, originally, the idea for wordplay came when I saw a guy called Daryl Williams doing it. Okay. Um, he's a he's a good lad. Um, he was he was like a mentor when I came up as well. He opened a few doors for me. Yeah. I saw him do it, and I was like, wow, that's that's fresh it's like it's not just beat matching anymore it's the, but i thought to myself well i don't want to just do what he was doing i wanted to do my own take and and the way i interpret it so i try to i try to get the words that i use to interact with the dance floor so certain loops will be react like bigging up the crowd or um linking certain terms together so i'll link two or three tracks in a line yeah and uh, that have all got the same theme um but yeah that's 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 something that i've always really enjoyed but it's not just it's not just wordplay i know that that's what a lot of people um kind of brand me as a wordplay dj but i'm really into turntablism scratching juggling um just being creative and, and keeping it fresh constantly instead of just playing the top hits and expecting a reaction that way. What does uh, music kind of mean to you? Like, has it brought you through some tough times or has it kind of always been there from the beginning? What's, what's it kind of been for you? Music, um, yeah. When I was at school, uh, I was always listening to MTV and, and watching like the old Ashanti Jarwal, you know, era. That was yeah. that was me. I love that contemporary R&B sound. Um, all the way through high school, definitely. Primary school, I was, yeah, I was into skateboarding and stuff like that. Um, so I was, I was into rock and metal and stuff back then, you know, like Linkin Park and stuff like that. Mm. So I still try to incorporate that, but these days, that's not really the gigs that I do. So I'll do that for my own enjoyment back at home or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say that um, the, the, the music's been a big part of my life. I, when I was at school, I focused and I got my head down and did my thing, big up Max yeah. Dillon. Um, but I kind of, I wanted to, I, I kind of knew that music was going to be a part of what I was doing. I didn't know whether I was going to make it or I didn't know what I was going to do, but I always just had this thing with music. It's just, it's me. Um, I love all sorts of music, absolutely everything from drum and bass, rock, techno, hip hop, house, Already. What type of DJ would you class yourself as, though? Would you say multi-genre, or would you say you're more urban, or...? Um, my bookings reflect me as an urban DJ. Okay. Um, that's what I would say. But you give me a house set, and I'll, I'll, I'll go down that route. I'm yeah. ready for it. I'm prepared. I'll go... I can go open format. Um, I've done... In, in my time... past. I've been DJing 10 years now. I've done everything from walkabouts and revolutions to... You know, I've done like a set gate crash out. I've done so I can I can sort of 
mix it up depending on where I'm at. I just kind yeah. of enter my booking with an idea of what the promoter or the club want or what they're notorious for and then just try and give them that with my adaptations and, you know. So going from your local club, how have you got to DJing in Marbella and all of these other countries and stuff like that? The main thing for me was um, putting out videos because I was putting videos out when Facebook sponsored posts first came out. Okay. Or first started getting popular. Yeah. Um, so I sort of rode the wave with that and I was, you know, I'd, I'd put like £50 on a, on a promotional video um, and I'd throw some wordplay together or something and it slowly started to infect areas outside of Birmingham. Yeah. Um, so I was DJing in Birmingham like five nights a week and then I'd be in Worcester or, but I was only doing the Midlands. Those videos helped me sort of break free and, and move on to um, doing Manchester and, and London. Um, and then a guy called Zach Dad, mm -hmm. who runs, um, at the time he used to run uh, events in Ayanapa called Entourage. Yeah. He approached me um, after booking me for a set in uh, Shrewsbury. And he said, I've got a residency available if you want to do two months away in Napa. And at that point, I was like, I'd seen people like Ruski come through. And he'd gone down that route of doing Napa and stuff, and he did, did wonders for him. So I was like, well, that's the next step then. So I tried it. I went, loved it. Um, but I was 23, 24. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was a bit too old for the place. Um, in a sense, I was like, it's all <laughs> it's like the 18 year olds. Yeah. It's the 17, 18 year olds kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So uh, it was, it was all about, uh, you go out there and it's carnage. Like, yeah. um, I enjoy a party and stuff like that, but it's not, I was a bit older. I was like, yeah, I've been and done that. Um, so I then decided to try my shot at Marbella because Jay Smedley, who runs Aces, he said, to, he said to me that he wanted to put me on and take me out to March for a guest slot. Mm -hmm. And it was the same year that I was going to Napa. Um, so I went and did Napa and when I came back, I said to him, I want to do Marbs. And he says, well, you might have missed the boat this year because they're already sort of sorting out the next yep. summer that's coming ahead. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then as it was, he did put the word in and Joe Glynn hit me up from yeah. News Cafe and, and Ultima Promo. And he said, we've got an available, we're opening a new club. Do you want to try it? Um, I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, so I went out, did six months in Marbella, um, launched his club, Mirage, DJed at Mirage, News Cafe, uh, Plaza Beach. Mm -hmm. And we just, we had a ball of a summer, we really did. It was fantastic. Mirage is like something else. It's, Mirage is yeah, one of the best clubs I've been to, probably. Yeah, it's it's like hot tubs, you know, it's got a bedroom yeah, yeah, in there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's next level. The sound system's unreal. Um, it's just it's just a vibe, man. It's a proper, proper vibe in that club. Um, so, yeah, that was that was me for Marbs. And then I decided to come back. I did four years on the run up until, mm -hmm. I was meant to be going this year, but Obviously, with Corona and that, it's a little yeah. bit awkward. So, what, what is it about Marbella? Is it that it's just, it's like a bit of a Monaco kind of vibe? Is it like, does it kind of remind you of like a London West, West End vibe? Yeah, or is it's, it... it's that bougie vibe. Yeah. Um, 
You don't like you're walking down Puerto Brunice and you just got all the you know all the yachts and cars parked up and everything. Yeah, I tell you what interests me about Marbella. You never know who you're talking to. True. And obviously, in this game, your network is your net worth. And in Marbella, your law of averages, you got to meet someone who might be able to offer you some advice yeah. in life or in your career, or might be able to introduce you to somebody, or might be opening a club or do you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of possibility out in Marbella. So for me being out there it's it's as much about the networking and, and the people that I meet as well as being out there and DJing and playing. Because Marbella is very people think it's R and B, but yeah. it's very open format. It taught me um how to play French music, taught me how to play to a Dutch crowd, taught me how to play Swedish um spanish obviously so your so your we, versatility of a dj has gone like mad now but yeah bro I'm picking, I'm picking up wordplays for french music now like oh. and i'm yeah I'm well you're learning thinking, french as well just you just hear certain terms and stuff and you go oh okay like the, like there's there's some big tracks and I'll, I'll take uk tracks and they've got links to french words or french terminology and then i'll throw that over the top yeah. and just keep it moving. Um, I don't want to say too much because I'm going to release a mix with all that sort of stuff again. Okay, so I, did okay. a, I did a Mirage one, um, which I really enjoyed doing because it was kind of out there for me. Like Afro trap music, the energy behind it is just like, it's crazy. Like, Do you think, as you said, like you've picked up so many different genres out there. Do you think that's helped yeah. you to come, when you come back to the UK, you got that something yeah, under I your mean, belt? Yeah, that's the problem with the UK. We aren't very open to listening to the rest of the world. Definitely. Especially with the reggaeton. Like, no, no many people yeah. appreciate that. Ignorance is bliss. If we don't understand the language, we don't care. Yeah. Like, that's how we are. We, we, just, we just don't. Whereas in Spain, they learn English as well as Spanish. So they appreciate our music. And the French as well, they know English or they know a bit of Spanish or, you know, it's it's very multicultural so the music reflects that um but as you come across tracks that are big in france yeah you start to break them down and you realize where the roots are and it comes from all over the world you know like french music there's loads of afro beats in it and that afro vibe um so it just spreads and it, it, it spreads across the world you sort of i came back from marbella with a totally different view on djing mm -hmm. because I DJ'd probably, well, like I say, 11 sets a week or whatever for six months. Yeah. No rests or whatever. You get like a, a bit of time off, but you're constantly trying to keep a dance floor full all the time you're there. So you learn how to control a crowd properly. You learn all the little cues when people are getting bored or people are enjoying themselves. But it opens your mind to the music and the vibe. And if you can throw those tracks in that bring the energy up, but people don't know, Sometimes it works as a curveball. Um, would, it, would you say it, you're Marbella's resident? Um, I'm, I'm Mirage's resident. Definitely. Mirage, and I'm a resident for Plaza Beach. I also do Sala by the Sea as well. Um, so, yeah, but the, there are there are other people at in Marbella who, yep. you know, who also hold the fort down, like Scotty Strutt, Kiko. Um, there's a guy called Wendell as well. He does um, TB. He's a good guy. 
um, there's there's a there's a few there's a few people and and we're all cool and we all you know we all link up and enjoy enjoy the time and mm. enjoy the experience together. I say really. I say this because like when most people kind of say my bear, most people kind of think Kieran J. Most of the time, whenever I say oh, oh you know a DJ, like even my, some of my friends who live out there, they're like oh I know Kieran J. So I'm like oh so would you say that's why I was asking? Do you think you're Marbella is kind of a DJ because there's actually a lot of people when you say Marbella they think you or maybe like a couple other people. Yeah, I never, I never really thought of it like that to be fair because because I just I'm one of these people. Um, as soon as I've achieved something or I've done something, I put it behind me and I keep moving. Yeah. I, I wipe my slate clean mentally and I'm like, right, what am I going to do next or how am I going to do this or so I kind of don't look back too much. So I forget half the time things that I've done or you know and then I get reminded of it and I'm like oh yeah okay cool yeah like that was this that do you know what I mean um so yeah like I wouldn't me personally if you asked me I wouldn't go yes on the Marbella DJ or or this that and the other because I'd go Colin Francis is the guy or Max Denham's the guy these are people that came before me and they're Mm. still doing their thing over there so you know I'm just another addition to the whole spectrum do you kind of critique your sets are you the type to kind of look at your sets and be like this won't right at all or look at your history and be like why did i why did i play this with this i'm a perfectionist bro i'm not gonna lie um it's probably why i don't put out huge volumes of content yeah because as soon as i start getting halfway down a concept my mind starts going uh yeah but now you're this uh, uh, and and it like i I overthink too much so Mm. I definitely leave sets and I'm like, could have done better, could have done better. Um, there, are one, there are one or two times um, where you'll, I'll step back for a moment while I'm in the middle of the mix and I'll look and I'll go, yeah, this is a vibe in here today. But myself, I try not to give myself too much credit. Yeah. Um, I try and I'm, I'm my worst cricket, my own worst critic, literally my own worst critic. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's better it's, that you kind of, critique it because then you can make your set better and better each time so yeah it's a, it's a blessing and a curse bro it is a blessing and a curse yeah um but yeah definitely how do you deal with like the dj kind of rivalry and in the scene like do you think it doesn't affect you because you've done so much in this last 10 years and you've built your brand up and your name up so it doesn't really affect you or do you think it still affects you straight up before i started doing international and gaining my own sort of sort of my own lane yeah um yeah i felt it especially locally because everybody is trying to do the same thing everybody wants to be that prime time dj they all want to you know get their name out there they all want to be at the top and it's it's mm-hmm. it's competition at the end of the day um so when I was when I was trying to build my name and move forward, it was like I used to I used to really get frustrated about it because I'd be like, well, I can do this, so why ain't why ain't I doing this? Or and and then I started to realise as I started to DJ abroad, it's not all about what you can do, it's not all about your technical skill or how good you are because no one really gives a shit to be honest excuse my French, but... It's, but that's literally how it is when I'm speaking to these other DJs when they go over to, like, Napa for a season. 
none of these club like promoters or managers don't even know what's going on in the UK. They're only just mm-hmm. interested in if you can keep our crowd here in the in the club. That's basically it. They're trying to line their bank accounts at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah? And and what you've got a dance floor in a club full, money's coming in. Mm. So if you can master that to a degree of you know that wherever you go, you will hold a dance floor and you can switch it up at a minute's notice because you don't yeah. know what what the crowd want next. You're never going to be able to predict it. But if you know that you can hold it, that's your value. Um, definitely. But definitely when I was starting out, bro, I was I used to beat myself up. you got to do this, you got to do that. But as I say, as, as you travel, you sort of, you learn, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Start, so I've also said Zanti don't know about liberty. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually been to Zanti, you know. You haven't? Oh, yeah, neither, no. to be honest, neither. But you could probably get a set out of that easy now. Probably, yeah. I need to go and, I need to go and tap into that and, and see see what I can do to be But fair. I feel like, as you said, you didn't like Napa because it was young. I feel like it's going to be the same with Zanti, right? Because it's just that the 18-year-olds. Yeah. I think you kind of grown out of that mentality. Or the, um, When I said that, I meant for a season. Okay. I think... Um, Not just like a one-off kind of gig or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just fly in, do some guest bookings and, you know, experience it, see what it's about. Um, it, like, it's not that I'm going to go there and go, oh, I'm too old for this. Like, yeah. I, I, lo- I love the young crowds because they're the ones where the energy's at. They, they like to get in the mix and enjoy <laughs> themselves. They keep away from Santi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ash. But um, Big Up Ash Campbell, he gave me my first proper set when I took a leap of faith. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Ashley 85 there. So, oh, well, get, get, to know, get to know Ashley there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so with other countries, what other countries do you want to do or have done that you thought that you enjoyed or is there any other cities you want to tour? I want to do Dubai. I do want to try Dubai. I've never been. Um, I think it's it's a stunning place. It's a completely different culture and I, I just I want to experience it and see what it's about yeah. for myself. Um, well, now that you've got the versatility of all these other genres of music, like you've got a French and... Spanish and blah 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 that will work in Dubai because I've heard people come back that like, someone asked me for a Russian music or something like that you know like, yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. so many people yeah, in, out, in, out in Dubai yeah. you, you learn you learn everything out in mod Albanian music as well that's massive um, yeah. so you know d- d- obviously you just get the bangers or whatever and then you can line those up but definitely helps when you go to places like Dubai um, but yeah I just need that I need that plug to bring me through to be fair so I'm not, I, it's it's one of them. It's expensive. So I, I see you DJ with like earphones. What's the? Is it like some special earphone thing, or is it just like the normal Apple? What is it? Um, truth be told, I kind of switch between these Sennheiser earphones that I've got here and the regular HD 25s. Okay. So these are my earphones. But I actually uh, dogged myself out the other day because I accidentally cut the wire. Don't ask me how I did it. And you accidentally cut a wire. Well, I was I was trimming my beard with scissors. Yeah. And I put my hand down and my decks yeah. are in front of me. I put my hand down and I closed the scissors and I felt something in, the, in between the blades and I went, What was that? And then I realised that I Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Are you now, why are you not a headphone person? Is that like just the Is it because well, the headphones are better or I still I still use them. 
but when I'm in Mirage, the, the, the sound system is like powerful. And you have, I think you've got like three booth monitors in front of you. Yeah. So it gets loud in there. Um, the earphones that I've got, they're like almost noise cancelling and they block out sound. They work like earplugs, but they gave yeah. me that direct link to hear the music crystal clear. Um, with my headphone, my, my actual headphones, only the one side works on them. So it, it's hard to reference when you're in a really loud place. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's why I use them. If I'm in a really loud venue, I will probably use my earphones just because it protects my ears a little bit more, yeah. which is important. Do you have your booth um, monitors like high up or are you quite, quite concerned about that sort of thing? Never, never, <laughs> mate. I'll DJ yeah, I'm, I'm like the opposite. I'm literally the opposite. <laughs> you like it loud? Like, because yeah. I'm just like, I want to feel the atmosphere in the booth, right? I don't really want, because sometimes, I don't know, like Mirage, probably the sound system's good enough that you don't even need the booth monitor there. But some clubs where yeah. I really can't hear it and I'm like, I really yeah. need to get a vibe in the booth. See, I like, um, I, I learned a trick when I was first starting out, which um, I learned it from Kiko, actually. Um, yeah. if, you if, you, if you monitor the, the master channel with a cue, then you're getting a constant feedback of what the crowd are listening to on the sound system, right? So if you split the queue, uh, so you're in the middle, because um, you, you know how you have the volume, and yeah. then above you've got the mix. Mm -hmm. If you put that at 12 o'clock, then you can hear what the club's doing, but then you can queue the next track at the same volume, as long as you make sure the levels are all straight across the top. Okay, so, okay I'll try that. It's a nice little trick because it stops you from using the booth monitor then because you can hear the sound in your earphones. You can see everything. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, most of the time I won't really turn my, my booth monitor on um, if I can help it. Sometimes the booth monitor feeds the club though. So you have to... <laughs> some, I've, I mean, I've, I've seen some clubs, right? So I, I DJed in the Netherlands in January and that club specifically, the booth monitor was like one of their speakers. Like it was a massive yeah. sub with another top bin on the on the top of it i was like why is that in the booth like the vibrations in the booth were crazy imagine if you had technics decks it'd be game over wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's game over it's game over needles everywhere bro. yeah literally <laughs> like i i mean yeah as you said that like, i mean some clubs have to do that i don't know but that's yeah. probably the setup and things like that yeah it's like it's like news cafe um yeah news cafe we, we have a, a booth monitor in there um but it's only a small one but you tend to find that if you keep that booth monitor on, people will stand closer to the DJ box. Yeah. Because they That's can the thing, people, people can hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it sort of feeds the room as well as, you know, giving the, the DJs is help. Mm. How, how are you in the booth? Like, are you kind of like, I like my own space. I don't want anyone inside or any friends inside or anyone inside or you're like, nah. If you're bringing a vibe then I'll let you, I'll, I'm on call with it. But if you start getting in my way, you can, you, like, move. Like, because I've, I've got a job to do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, the, I, I, tend, I don't really mind it. I, I mean, girls want to come in the DJ box and they're like, oh, you know, let me touch this and let me do that. And it's like, no, <laughs> can I, can no. I do the little... <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, a, no. If it's three o'clock and the club's empty and that, then, yeah, I'll show you how to do it or whatever. But if the club's full... Let me do my job, you know? The booth in bamboo on your birthday, what happened? I was just about to get to that, Louis, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we had about 10, 10 people in there. Um, and it was, it was, I actually fell over. I was that I drunk. Full... <laughs> on, on set as well, yeah. Yeah, what I was DJing. Um, 
curfew came through with, uh, with a bottle and he just, he was pouring Chirac straight down my throat while I was DJing. Um, but it was like, the, the, what I find is the, the DJ booth is a focal point for the club. Yeah, definitely. And if the vibe is going right in the DJ box, it's infectious for the rest of the room. Mm. Um, people all want to be a part of that. They want to see what's people going on. Get on. People want to get yeah. involved. They want to get closer yeah. to the dance floor area, see what's going on. Yeah, people want to show them. People want to, people want to catch a vibe. And, and if, if the DJ stood there and he's like, nobody in here, leave me alone. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, but like... There's like a line. There's like a line, yeah. right? Like, fine it's, line between do you, like having certain people and then having like the whole club in the roof kind of thing. You got to be someone who brings the party. That's what you pay to do. Yeah. yeah. So, so your job is to bring the party. Yes, you've got to play music, but if you stand there with a straight face and, and your hat low, it's like it, it's, people can't connect with you. People can't mm. vibe off of what you're feeling. Um, so everybody just sort of goes about their own business and mix on the dance floor and stuff. Yeah. And that's, that, like, that's, that's all well and good if, if that's the way you want to go. But I like to get in it and, and allow people to... People enjoy being in the DJ box because they're like... You know, they feel they feel like they a state. Party of like yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's what's cool. your what's your take on reality TV stars going into DJing? Are you <laughs> against all of that, or are you like, if you're doing it for the love and passion of music, you're okay? I'll allow you. Do you know something? Um, DJing is just like any other thing. It's it's become uh, an avenue stream for people. Yeah. It's 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 a way a revenue stream. People can make money from DJing and it's it yeah sometimes if you've got a brand behind you already people are going to come to see you they're not necessarily coming to see you DJ but if that's how you want to make your money you make your money in DJing um just make sure you're half decent you know um because when you come across another DJ who's done it for a long time like you'll see the difference like, but isn't could... it annoying because it let's say you're on a lineup with a reality TV star, people are gonna forget you're even on the lineup. Yeah, but the night isn't about me. Mm, so to an extent, it's not. The night is about the dance floor and people mm -hmm. having a good night. Okay. It's just who's giving you your entertainment tonight, and that's the way I look at it. Um, so, uh, in a sense of like with reality TV stars coming through, if that's going to add to the vibe and bring more people in and make the party better, that's yeah. great because when they step off, I can come do my thing and then we can take it up a notch. It'll still be a vibe. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so yeah, just, I don't, I don't, you know, dislike the idea of them doing it. Yeah. Um, but I just, I'd like to see some of them do something other than house music because house is so easy. <laughs> I mean, now, like, I know, now I know what you mean. I've seen some of them just do house. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna do it, do it. Don't do mm. it half-heartedly. But that's because, that. like, obviously, all of us probably started on house because that's the easiest to mix. Like, yeah. Well, I never did. I was drum and bass. Okay. Yeah, I used to love mixing drum and bass because I was always about the. I was doing the lighting for um, like drum and bass raves yeah. on a Friday night, um, so I just used to enjoy that. Um, and then dubstep was massive back then as well when I was like 17. So I was into all of that. But then I've always had that love for hip hop and R&B, which is where I sort of stemmed out. Mm. But with hip hop and R&B, the, the range of BPM 
that you're working with can it's massive yeah it, it's literally double time you can go anything from 70 to 140 yeah and and above so you know it, it's that's where the challenge comes in and matching up syncopated drum rhythms that don't fully match up because Harris is four to the floor boom 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 R&B is a little bit different yeah so that's but that's where the creativity comes in and that's where the the flair comes in if I'm mixing house all night I get bored mm. because it doesn't challenge me I was so I was speaking to DJ Ironic and he was he asked me this question and said <clears throat> do you think that you know with DJ City doing the intros has made DJing a lot easier for DJs and like a cheap kind of way of mixing? Or do you think it's actually made it a good way of mixing because you've got the lyrics of one song plus the, the bass of the other song and then it sounds better, stuff like that? Or I've had this conversation because, before. Because when, when I started out, I didn't even know how to mix hip-hop because there was literally, it would just go straight into the lyrics. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, when I, when I first heard of DJ City, I was about 20. So we're talking yeah. eight years ago. Um, seven years ago so I, 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 I was intrigued by it because you could obviously get the intro versions which help with the flow but I suddenly found that it set a standard across most clubs because everybody was using DJ City so you could hear the beat of what was coming in before it was coming in mm -hmm. and then you knew it was coming and then you could literally count down to when it switched so when it was gonna and roll into the next track. It made everything flow really smooth. But then when you look at it different, you can use those intros and outros because some, I've noticed the intro and the outro, they're different. Yeah. You might find that the intro is a little bit more stripped back than the outro, which has got more bass or mm. more elements in it. So you can use that to your advantage and use it as an instrumental. And then throw acapella. Yeah, put an acapella, yeah. Or scratch or juggle it or whatever else you want to do with it. Um, so it kind of, yeah, like it did It did make it very easy. Uh, it made it quite house-like, like in that same sort of way. Yeah, just, just kind of beats, not, beats, beats, beats. Yeah. yeah, where to line it up. But I think I, I, I went through a phase um, with DJ City where the music really, they weren't putting out... They weren't on point anymore with the releases. Um, do you think right now it's the same or do you think it's got better? Um, they're, they're sort of clawing it back now a little bit. Um, but they're going international. So, yeah. like, you, you're getting all those reggaeton and things like that. You know, they're, they're all coming in as a part of it as well. And you can keep up with Tech House and you can keep up yeah. with drum and bass, all sorts. So... Now they have they have pulled it back around, but there was there was Still a time. Delayed. Yeah, it's. I'm so I'm speaking to Eski after this. I'm going to ask that question as well. The thing the thing that I find is, it was the UK side that they've always lacked with. Yeah. Um, because the UK artists that they, they were just bringing stuff out on YouTube, blowing up, and and it wouldn't then even it was touch sort on of that. A, hmm? It wouldn't even touch on DJ City sometimes. Yeah. They wouldn't. They weren't really keeping up with it, or there wasn't intro versions of these tracks. So mm. it forced me to start looking at radio edits again and originals. Um, and then I went through a big phase for a while where I right, I'm not downloading intro versions. I'm not doing it because that makes me generic. Yeah. So I'm going to force myself to be 
downloading radio edits and seeing what I can do with them. With that now, I'll download both the radio and an intro of everything um, because then I've got the option. And with the radio edits, the way, often the way that the track was designed to, to be played out was from the, from the engineering side. So certain tracks will start just with like a vocal and then drop yeah. and, and it's impactful. Snoop Dogg, beautiful. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Pharrell. Like, it's got the classic. So you, you, can do, you can just do a cheeky drop on that and just wheel it and everyone's going to know or something like that. Or just so everyone's gonna so know what's it. the point of mixing it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like you drop it and people go, wow. But then it's like with um, Nasty Girl, mm -hmm. B.I.G. Like, straight away, you can just drop that I go and it drops and it works. Whereas if you had an intro version that come in and then it went, it'd sort of take that element away. Yeah. Sometimes I find that the intros cut off the little bit at the start. Like they yep. don't. So like with, with, with what you're saying with Nasty Girl, I feel like it would cut that little bit at the start where people know that start and they know that tune and then go yeah. into Yeah. Because yeah. we have to remember <clears throat> as DJs, we consume music differently to how people who don't DJ consume yeah. music. So we look at it a lot deeper and often we miss the obvious, which is people know what they hear from the radio. They don't hear the new music from DJ City. They don't hear the intros or whatever. They don't even think about music in that way. Yep. So the first, the first second of a track that's played on the radio is recognisable straight away. You, you'll see it, like you'll drop a song and people will go, oh, that was that's my song just as yeah, it's yeah, starting yeah. they'll just know the intro of that song they will know the yeah. start like the first little couple lines yeah. of that song yeah so so intros takes away from that a little bit so a lot of the time i tend to find out I'll, I'll, I'll mix a radio edit and then i'll bring the intro in at the same <coughs> time but switch it at some point you wouldn't even yeah. know i've switched it it just just switch them they're lined up and then i've got the the beats at the end to work with if I want or I can kick it back to the start and get creative then. See, it's funny so, you say this because <clears throat> when I do an intro in a club, people actually don't know what the song is coming up and then they only know once the once the intro's done and it's dropped because yeah. they can't, they can't, they don't know the beats of it, right? So they're just listening to the lyrics. So... I, I think a lot of that as well is producers are getting a bit lazy and they're all following the same sort of What's your take on the scene? Like, what's your, what's your, where do you think it's going? What scene? So does it, like, UK scene in general, because obviously there was the Afro swing, you know, a UK lot of producers scene, were doing that. Um, UK scene, I think, I feel like we've had a massive um, improvement in the overall sound quality of beats over the past 12 months. Like, yeah. one, of, one of them, I know it's not a UK track, but um, Kanye West and Little Pump. I love it. Mm -hmm. The beat on that is fucked. And when that first came out, that stood out over everything else that I was playing. The thing now is, I you could just drop the intro of that track and everyone will know that track. Yeah. And then, and then like Taste by Tiger as well. Yeah. They're, I mean, I know these are US tracks, but eventually I found that they're coming over to the UK with like tracks like Floss by AJ Tracy. Yeah. The beats are fat and like house party with steel bangles like the beats are now a lot thicker and there's a lot more to them so i feel like with it's now a producer's market more than an artist's yeah um 
because it seems that producers have tapped into some new technologies or plugins and that that have fattened up the sound and you've got to replicate that now to in mm. order to hit the top and as we go on that's only going to get more complex as sound systems develop and overall production and that um i think it will put the hands back in the producers eventually yeah so that's my take <coughs> on the really I, I think drill music i'm really not a fan of i'll be I, it's probably an unpopular opinion <laughs> right it probably is i love the beats i love the beats i just don't like the content like it's just not relatable to me so yeah I, like it just doesn't scream out to me but i love anything with like an r&b um slow jams kind of sort of stuff as well doesn't even need to be like that i just like a hook and if if it's if it's catchy and it's got a bit of mm, like that's what i like and yeah. i found that i really when the drill thing came out i went afro swing because it was more r&b yeah i went afro swing definitely yeah, keep the ladies moving, keep the vibe nice. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, there's, cert- I mean, there are certain drill tracks that do bang, but yeah, if, and I will if, play, but I won't. But it's like, as you said, it's the dance floor is the main thing, and mm-hmm. um, if you're not playing the tracks for the ladies, then that's the dance floor gone, basically. Yeah, because <clears throat> without the girls, that's, there's that's no the guy, no room. guy, no guy is ever gonna dance on the dance floor on, them, on their own. Yeah, big up Joe Lobo, by the way. Yeah, big up Joe. Um, yeah, like I think I think with drill beats, uh, if you could put like AJ Tracy style over them, yeah. it becomes a vibe. Mm-hmm. But if you're just talking lyrical content about the darker side of reality all the time, people don't want to party to that. But no one can really party to that anyway. <laughs> like you, know you can't I mean? really talk about you can't really party to how they grew up. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we're we're talking about we're, we're meant to be focusing on positivity because that's where good vibes come from, yeah. and <clears throat> positivity comes from lyrical content to do with love or good times or mm-hmm. you know um, getting rich. Yeah, talk about it, man. Talk about getting rich all the time because it's a positive thing, but. Maybe leave out how you did it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't leave out how you did it. <laughs> leave out you trapping daily. You yeah, know. just just talk about how you feel now that you got the money. Yeah, like <laughs> it's great. You Do know, you think there's a shelf life for these artists and tracks. Um, I think that scene will continue to develop. I don't think that it'll disappear. It will just do exactly as Grime did. Yeah. Um, grime is still relevant and it has its it comes around in circles and drill will do the same you know there's always a place and a market for it because there are people who consume it um, but drill is better to listen to in the car than it is in the club simple yeah definitely so going to the dance floor aspect have you ever had so some DJs have had this I don't know if you have but a promoter has come up to them saying there's people on a dance floor dance floor but no one's by the bar drinking how do you kind of take that? Do you, and if you had it, have you had that before as well? Yeah, I've, I've had that before. I think. How do you kind of deal with that? Most DJs who are, who are doing what they believe to be their job, yeah, is they're going to come across that at some point. But that tells you that you're working with someone who looks at the bigger picture and not just the music. Um, there is nothing wrong with having a full dance floor, 
but you are there to turn over cash and help with the whole thing. Um, you can be the best bartender in the world, but if you're not selling more than two drinks every hour, you're not making yeah. money. But is that so, down to the DJ's fault or is that... It's, what, it's, like, not, is the it DJ's, it's not a DJ's fault because they're doing their job. Um, but at the same time, you do have to remember that you are part of a bigger picture and you have to keep that money coming in. Yeah. Um, and that only deter that only increases your value because if you can, there are DJs and especially the older DJs, like before my time, when I was coming up, a lot of like Luminar DJs and that, they were, that was their script, like two tracks to bang, one to send them to the bar and then let them come back round. They had no problem clearing the dance floor as long as they were yeah. going to the bar and not at the door. So I, I'm, I fully work with that. And I think when you're switching genres, people go, this ain't really me. I'm going to go and get a drink. So if you can constantly switch genres and not constantly, but regular. For it, for it, about pace, Yeah. You're entertaining more people across, but, um, across the board but at the same time yeah. you're, you're you're keeping the money coming in which is what you're there to do you know you can have a dance floor all you want but if the, the owner's not making any money <clears throat> he's not gonna book you again yeah definitely like i mean it's it's hard because you're like do you even argue back to that or do you just be like okay cool no, let no. me just try switch it switch it up i don't what i'll say is what time of the night is it yeah um because I genuinely believe that it depends on the time of the night. If it's two, three, two o'clock, three o'clock, let them be on the dance floor. Like you've had all if night. If, yeah, if it's like between 10 to 12 or 10 to one, then, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, it really is dependent on the situation and yeah. how often they ask you as well. Because, um, and, and the way they approach you, that, that's a big thing as well, you know? If there's they're there's an etiquette about it. Yeah, if you come if you come up to a DJ when he's in the zone and pull him out the zone, you're gonna piss him off. Yeah. But if you come up to a DJ and you go, look, cracking job, dance floor's full and that. All I've noticed is that the bar isn't really taking much money at the moment. I was wondering if you could just take it a step down, let people go do their thing, and then, and then bring it back up. Yeah. And so, as, so I said, as name a song. Said, yeah, I've just seen that Wade has asked the question. Uh, name a song that sends people to the bar. All dependent on the song. Bartender. <laughs> Bartender <laughs> your team Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Like, it is all dependent on the situation. Rum yeah. and Red Bull. Rum and Red Bull, man. That's... <laughs> 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 just put that down. Put that down. And then they'll be like, okay, yeah, I need to get a Rum and Red Bull now. Yeah, that's it. Straight to the bar. Shots <laughs> on me credit card out yeah but yeah i think yeah it is dependent on where you are where you're playing what because yeah. you could be playing in olivia's in nottingham and they might be feeling a certain type of music all you have to do is just slightly stray off the path that that throw something in there that people will still appreciate but they don't have to that that not everybody's going to dance to every song mm. so switch it if you've been playing a load of stuff for the girls give them a track yeah. for the lads like a little bit heavier. Oh, I'm not really a fan of this. Might go to the toilet, get a drink, come back. DJ, I'll play something else. What's your take on uh, Tory Lanez at the moment? 
I love Tory Lanez. I've rated him do you from think the start. He's, yeah, do you think he's properly putting it in now, like the work and everything? Yeah, he's just had he's just been released from his his uh, record deal, hasn't he? Record deal, yeah. So I think that's been the best thing for him. That's been the best thing. Like since then, he's been, you know. Yeah, Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez come through with he was like, you know, you know, College of Funds. Yeah. When College of Funds came through, he was unique. No one had heard a voice like it, and they were like, wow. But in respect to Tory, he's got four or five unique voices in one person, and. Yeah different flows he's versatile he can do an r&b track come back with something heavy something for the ballers then he'll jump on something that's a bit dancey or whatever and he'll just ride um the only problem is when you're putting out a high volume of content people tend to get an idea of what you're about mm-hmm. and you don't want that because if people see your name and they go oh i can already tell what this is going to sound like you then don't want that slowly you're losing your shine um, but Tory's always managed to switch it up, keep it fresh. He'll come with like a proper, he'll just do a rap track, straight rapping, and it's fire. Yeah, no he'll singing, do a hardcore track, then he'll go to R&B, like slow jams, kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of, and playlist kind of thing. I haven't really listened to his new Toronto, but the last Chicks tape, oh my Chicks tape God. was so sick, man. Chicks tape, <sighs> like, that's, that's one of the albums that will probably stay up there for time, like, so many girls love that. Even the guys love it. It's it's a it's a good Bro, album. You know um, <coughs> the the track sampling pretty wiki. Yes, sir. Yeah. <sighs> Mate, I welled <laughs> up when I heard that because it brought back so many memories. And I feel like he did the track justice, and yep. he put it, he put that track back to the forefront for the people who might have missed that era. Yeah. And definitely. not not like not not took note of that track because that kind of went under the radar. It was a banger, but it did go under the radar. Um. So he, he he did that song justice, man. He really did. So Tory Lanez is is he's, he's up there. He's up there next to Drake, but Drake has been doing it for longer. So I'm not going to get into the Drake Tory Lanez argument. Drake's been doing it. For uh, I mean, Drake's been doing it for longer, but I feel like Drake's low key losing it. Really? Yeah, I think so. I prefer old Drake anyway. Uh, <clears throat> I like Drake because his music matures as he does. Yeah. He will he will continue to make music that reflects his experiences on life. He's never gonna talk about being broke anymore because he ain't he's he's nowhere near so, that. <laughs> nowhere yeah. Near. So so he's talk about the come up. Like he's not as Cal says, he's not he's not losing it in my opinion. Um I think he's just growing and adapting. Mm. Um I think but, well, yeah, that's what that's what you've got to do anyway in this industry because Yeah. The crowd's always going to change. His crowd's always going to change. What I find amazing about Drake is he can go away for months and you don't hear nothing. And he comes out with something that you're totally not expecting. And, and it'll be always like a top five, top five, like, or first, go straight to number one, basically. Drake, yeah, Drake's dropped a track and someone's shared it online. I put that straight in my main set. Straight yeah. there. Because I know that it's a, it's a fallback track. It's a staple track that I can safe track, that I can go to and say, yeah, that's Okay, me. going to this, right? So, I'm just looking at the time, we've only got a couple minutes, but going to this, wow. um, <clears throat> what do you kind of know, what do you, what, do you, what do you know what to play in the clubs after this? Because you see, like, Tussie Slide Drake, how do you even think that's going to pop in a club after quarantine, or do you think that's, that's, that's done, or stuff like that? I think um, people haven't really had their, their time in the club listening to these tracks. Yeah. So, 
they've never I feel like yes yes tracks have a shelf life but it's all dependent on <clears throat> how many times if it's been overplayed yeah. we we I the second that 265 come out it was overplayed in my opinion because I knew it was going to bang so it's like yeah cool that's a banger but we'll just put that up there leave that there it's cool um I think the the main thing for me I think social media is the one now for music especially TikTok like TikTok's helps music a lot <sighs> yeah because TikTok <clears throat> only shows a little bit of a track like the, the best part of a track um yeah. and it makes it so easy to catch on and and people to get in the vibe and enjoy it and download it I've downloaded so mm. many tunes that I've heard off TikTok like wow what's that definitely so I think going forward people for the past 12 months I haven't really had a list of bangers that I know I can guarantee are going to work um, because there's so many tracks being released on a daily basis and a lot of them are good um, and it, as, as I was saying it got links back to what I said about the producer thing before people feel the beats and they feel the the whole vibe they don't necessarily definitely, listen definitely. to the content so you can be a bit more open and try new things as as sorry, to, sorry to cut it short though like the live's right, gonna bro? cut out in a minute anyway but we're gonna do this again we'll do this again because it's, it's been very good definitely, very good man. chat man. It, man appreciate it and thank appreciate you appreciate everyone locking in yeah cal but yeah. But yeah, if you're gonna, if everyone, for people who don't follow me, give me a follow. I've got loads of interviews this week, and yeah, check them out. But yeah, yeah bro, I appreciate it. Nice one for that, Chris. Take care. See bro. you. Take care. Yeah. Right.